Hello, and welcome to Episode 7 of the Obsessive Viewer Podcast. My name is Tiny, and I'm joined by my co-host, Matt. For those of you who are returning from our past episodes, you may already know about our contest for a shout-out on the podcast and a chance to win a gift card to Amazon. In one of our past episodes, we discussed our memorable theater experiences, and now we want to hear about yours. Send us an email at ovpodcast at gmail.com with your most memorable theater experience. We will read our favorite entries on the air, and each of those entries will have a chance to win a gift card to Amazon. We've gotten some pretty fun and pretty interesting submissions so far, but keep them coming. We want to hear all of them. In this week's episode, we're joined again by our good friend Mike. We really enjoyed having him on last time. It was a blast getting to know him and uh, all of his opinions and everything. And he had a pretty unique perspective on our topic of discussion this week. All three of us went and saw the film Man of Steel, and we had some pretty interesting opinions on it. Mike is a seasoned comic book fan, and he had the most knowledge of the source material. So his opinion was probably the most valuable. Don't, don't even really bother listening to what Matt and I said. No, no, just kidding. Please do. Uh, but I assure you, one of these days, we will review a movie that we all actually liked. <laughs> Suffice to say, we all had our issues with Man of Steel. And, ding, 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 spoiler alert, we spoil the heck out of Man of Steel. It would have been pretty much impossible to discuss without all of the gory details. So, make sure you see the movie before listening to this episode. And after that, we discussed the direction of comic book movies in general. And, as always, we talked about what we've been watching lately and what we're looking forward to coming up. Alright, thanks for tuning in, everybody. I hope you enjoy the episode. I'm about 40 pages into Ender's Game. It's a little off-topic from the podcast. Well, technically not, because the movie's coming out this year, but... uh, I just wanted to say that I'm kind of I'm digging it. Nice. You love it? I, I'm really liking it. I, and I know <sighs> Mike. I know that you're a huge fan of it. And Tiny, I know that you really liked it when you read it. Um, but I, I, I don't know. It's funny because already, like after forty forty pages, I'm already much more into it than I was with uh, the Hunger Games. Really? Oh well. Yeah. I mean, that's to be expected, yeah. right? It's such a better it's such a better book than the Hunger Games. I agree. Right. I think all around it's better than the Hunger Games. It's better written, especially. Yeah, mm-hmm. I just I really like the, um, I just really like the story so far. I like the the kind of there's already a little bit of character stuff that I'm that I'm getting into. Nice, totally. Yeah. Totally. Um, um. So has he is he, forty pages in? Yes. Is he off to battle school yet? He yes, they just launched. They they just got to battle school and or, yeah, he just got there and all the kids hate him. Um, okay. Graf is is Graf played by Harrison Ford? Graf is Harrison Ford. Right. Okay. Yeah. I'm not sure if I I'm not sure if I'm into that casting honestly. I would have preferred like Gary Oldman or like Chris yes. Cooper or something. Yeah. 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 I yeah. feel like Harrison Ford's like oh hey he was Han Solo let's let's put him in this sci-fi movie. Right. I think that's a big part of it. I I. I feel like I need someone a little more, uh, someone who can relate to a kid easier, yeah. perhaps. Mm. And I don't get that from gruff old Harrison Ford. <laughs> right. The scruffy <laughs> nerf herder. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Matt's like, what? I don't. The scruffy nerf herder. 
Star Wars? No, I know what you're talking oh, about. Okay. I meant Matt is like, what? Oh, uh, of course. Because he hates, hates Star, Star Wars. Wars. <laughs> yeah. He's the devil. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, um, the, I've been watching I've been watching a ton of movies lately. And, uh, nice. Mainly because I'm only working part-time. But, um, yeah, last night I, I watched the latest Bourne movie again, The Bourne Legacy. And I remember when I saw it in the theater, Matt and I saw it. Uh, Yep. It was just, I didn't really care for it. It was kind of, uh, it was just, it's, I don't know. I couldn't, I couldn't get into it in the theater. Um, mm-hmm. but watching it last night, it was, I don't know if it's just cause I had seen it before, but I followed it a lot better and it's still mm-hmm. flawed. It's, uh, the least, mm-hmm. the least good of all four of them. But mm-hmm. I thought it was, I thought it was a little bit better, especially the action scenes, like the, in the beginning, or towards the beginning, there's, like, this hunter drone scene where these two drones, like, hunt uh, Jeremy Renner's character. And it's actually really cool right. how it all plays out. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I thought it was uh, boring. Yeah. More than anything. That's what I was going to say. It like, reminded uh, me of Haywire. Oh, oh. Did you guys see Haywire? I did. I didn't see Haywire. I know Tiny did. Yeah, I saw uh, it. So excruciatingly boring. Yeah, the action, it, they emphasized the characters and the, the, like the dialogue as opposed to the action in that movie, which was a weird uh-huh. weird choice. So, but yeah, I, I don't know. I liked it a little bit better. I still think it's really fl- it's it's a sloppy movie. It was it was sloppily sloppy. put together, but I don't know. I, I kind of dug it a little bit more this time. Nice. Cool. I uh, my my issue with the Born Legacy is that it's essentially plotless. I, it really has no plot. Yeah, um, it's not plotless. It just they didn't address it well. They didn't allude to what the actual plot was. They didn't develop the plot very well. I'll put it that right. way. My my memory of it is, and granted, preface this by saying that I was hungover at the time <laughs> when we saw it in the theater. But my my memory of it is that it it's it's not totally plotless, but it it's made the plot is made up of plot fragments. Yeah. So it's like basically. Just like, oh, he needs his pills. Oh, these guys are after him. Oh, there's this, this, the guy, the, the bad guy on the motorcycle that comes up in the last act as, yeah. as if he was in the movie the entire time. It was just, it was sloppy, like you said. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. I I, I, it was so forgettable. Mm-hmm. It was so forgettable for me that I, I can't, I barely remember it. Yeah. I couldn't even add details. Right. That's, yeah, that's fair. I don't know. I just, I liked it a little bit better the second time that I just bring it up. That's cool. Yeah, what uh, what about you guys? Uh, Mike, you can go ahead. I, uh, like I said in the podcast last week, I said that I was going to go see The Conjuring. So I saw The Conjuring yesterday. Nice. Yeah, it was great. I really liked it a lot. It's, uh, (laughs) I saw it with a couple people who were effectively scared. Um, (laughs) and, you know, being scared at a horror movie is such a, um, subjective thing that it's, Mm -hmm. it's hot. Like, I, I hope nobody takes any weight by me saying that I didn't find it very scary. People might find it very scary. Right. Um, but I wasn't scared. Other than that, though, the cinematography, the performances, uh, is definitely an homage to, to 70s horror movies. It looked great. It played great. Um, it, it didn't do lots of cliches, and it didn't do anything new with them, but it definitely knew... That it was using them, okay. If that makes any sense, yeah, I got you. Uh, yeah. And it and it did them well. It was just fun. It was just an, an entertaining movie. I liked it at the end. They did uh, several nods to um, people who know the the real, and I'm doing quotations, the real story. Um, okay. hmm. 
the story of the investigators and how, um, the, you know, they actually studied this house and did all kinds of other investigations. It was just good. It was an interesting movie. Cool. I enjoyed it. That's cool. Yeah. Nice. Um, Recommend. Nice. I watched, uh, I watched a movie last night. Um, it's interesting because I saw it on Netflix and it, it's called The Ledge. I don't know. Have you guys heard of it at all? No. Is it with, uh, who's in that? Uh, Charlie Hunnam. Oh, no, I don't know. Okay, well, basically, I, like, I just threw it on, on a whim because I, I knew nothing about it. And I'm, I, it, it had been a while since I kind of went into a movie completely blind. So, basically, The Ledge is about Charlie Hunnam and Terrence Howard, hmm. there, who Terrence Howard was also a producer. Um, Charlie Hunnam plays this guy who, the opening scene, he's, he's going on to the ledge of a building. And he's, uh, like, threatening to jump or whatever. And Terrence Howard's mm-hmm. this, this cop, uh, this detective who is trying to talk him down. And he has his own personal crap that's going on. Um, so basically, the whole movie is him recounting how he got to that point in his life. And it's kind of it's kind of a mix between kind of an indie drama and indie romantic drama, um, indie dr- straight drama. Um, in thriller hmm. and it has this it has like this subtext of this this underlying theme of faith versus non-belief or whatever like Charlie Hunnam plays this atheist guy and his neighbors are uh, Liv Tyler and Patrick Wilson who they're very very religious uh-huh. and so there's there's debates throughout the movie that he has with these people and all that and it's 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 an interesting it's an interesting premise and an interesting way to do things or a way to show it but uh it was it was it was pretty good the end toward the end it kind of devolved into this more thriller heavy kind of scenario that was just kind of i wasn't really on board with but the lead up to it was pretty good like there was when they reveal like this this plot point in the last like 20 minutes of the movie there's a scene where like my exact reaction was okay what like my exact reaction was to poke holes in it and then, um, and then Charlie or uh, Terrence Howard said exactly what I was thinking. He's like, "Why didn't you just do this?" <laughs> and then, like Charlie Hunnam kind of spoke uh, spoke it off or whatever. Like he kind of he just kind of spoke it away or whatever. Um, and I was like, "That's not a suitable explanation." <laughs> huh? Um, That's a bummer. So kinda, yeah, it kind of bo- bothered yeah. me, but I mean. It was worth the hour and a half runtime, and the talent's pretty good in it. Um, is that so? You watch that on Netflix? That, yes. that was my question, actually. <laughs> yeah, it's on Netflix. Sometimes that's it's, all you can ask for. It's not a bad in movie. a Netflix movie. Yeah. Did that have like? Do you know if that had like a wide release, or was that like kind of a low budget straight to DVD thing? I think it was a low budget straight to DVD thing. I think it was a uh, IFC Films made it, and mm. I think mm-hmm. if anything, it was on IFC. Um, if mm. that. Terrence Howard's been doing a lot of those lately, unfortunately. Yeah, he has. I don't know why. I guess it's just work, you know? Yeah. Hmm. Something's got to yeah. pay the bills. It's not like they right. aspire to be a straight-to-DVD kind of movie, you know? Yeah. yeah. Huh. So. Uh, well, that's unfortunate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Interesting. That's what I watched lately. Um, cool. Tiny, do you want to move on to the new, the next topic, or the main topic? Sounds good. All right. Awesome. Um, we all, uh, let's see, me and Matt went and saw Man of Steel a couple of days ago and uh, had some reactions to it. And uh, Mike, when did, did you see that, like, the first week it came out or anything? I did. I saw it uh, 
if it came out on a Friday, I saw it the the Sunday or the mon- I saw it the Monday after Father's Day with okay. my dad. Okay. Um, awesome. And I wanted I wanted noted that uh, I saw it and I haven't told Mike my reaction at all. Yeah. So he has no idea he, how I, I knew he was there because he wasn't responding to my texts. <laughs> Matt was, and I and I I said, so what did you think? And he said, I'm going to save it for the podcast, <laughs> yeah. which got me worried because he knows. And uh, I guess I could be the first to say I, sure. I really, really did not like Man of Steel. Really? Yeah. I, I think yeah. it would be, be best to get Mike's thoughts on it first. Absolutely. Go ahead, Mike. Okay. Uh, I really didn't like it. First of all, uh, several reasons. Several reasons. Um, when I left the theater initially, my dad liked it because it, there were a lot of explosions. That's kind of his... <laughs> litmus test for any anything Are there, were there explosions in it oh yeah i'll love it sure um and and i you know i kind of pretended to like it for him and i just thought about it more and more and i couldn't help but feel incredibly underwhelmed by the movie which is interesting because i don't really like superman anyway i'm a pretty good pretty big comic guy right and uh superman is is pretty much at the bottom of my list of of heroes that I wow. pay attention to. But because he's so famous and he's so popular, I I, I know enough about him um that to, to if to to go into a movie excited enough and knowledgeable enough to appreciate things you're supposed to appreciate. All I right. love the first Superman. I like the second Superman. Um I like I I would even say I like the Brandon Ralph Superman Returns. Hmm more than this movie wow that's surprising because that's you use the word underwhelming that's the word that i would use to describe that one the brandon routh one oh uh, i agree it well i think they're both underwhelming okay. I, if i had to pick one i'd say superman returns that's not to say i like superman returns very much anyway okay okay that's the that was the same summer as um X-Men 3. Yeah. <laughs> and how they, you know, how James Marsden went over and I think both of the both X-Men 3 and Superman Returns s- suffered because of that the whole exchange of directors and right. I think I, I think I remember you. Mike you you called me like you actually called me on the phone immediately <laughs> after X-Men 3 and told me your reaction and I mean you yeah. didn't like it obviously because who would really no. like that movie? <laughs> Yeah. Um, anyway, yeah. Uh, so Man of Steel, f- f- my biggest complaint uh, is that it, it's it's such a reaction to the Dark Knight and the popularity of the moody, gritty uh, Dark Knight. Let's start over. Let's do it for the 2010s uh, in a moody way. I don't think Superman should be moody. It doesn't need to be moody. He's something to which we all need to aspire. He, he's kind of like Jesus. Uh which in this movie he is absolutely not, and I'll get to that even more at the end. Mm. Um, for starters, the beginning was crazy bloated and kind of boring yeah. if you ignore all the pretty colors. It reminded me of Star Wars Episode Three, um, huh. But it, more so, all of that exposition was unnecessary because the the information in that scene is repeated when Clark talks to his holograph father. Yes. Everything in there is repeated. So either that scene later on needed to be taken out and should have or should have been different, more important, or they could have cut down extensively that the the opening scene. Um, I also found an impossible disconnect between the flashbacks and the present day Clark 
as in we would see him remember moments, uh, but I don't feel like they connected to who he is now. Um, they're, they're just like plot moments. Like you would see him do this thing and then he would have to do uh, another thing. Like nothing was special. The flying I didn't feel was special. I didn't mm-hmm. say wow. Uh, the costume I didn't feel was special. Aside from the oil rig scene where he where he you know, toward the beginning where he stops the uh, the oil rig from falling on the guys, yeah. I didn't think any of the flashbacks had wow factor. Okay, I can. You I guys, can I have more, that. but do you guys want to react? Yeah, I, I actually I 100% agree with what you said about the the opening scene on Krypton compared mm-hmm. to the. Or juxtaposed with the, you know, the scene where he talks to his uh, holographic father. That was just ridiculous. I, I couldn't believe that actually made it in. Um, yeah, I felt the exact same way, Matt. Yeah, interesting. Well, um, I would like to go on record by saying I did not like this movie, guys. Oh my god. Oh, thank God. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I I started out feeling. I mean, you could probably tell from my tone, like defending. <laughs> my disappointment and dislike for this movie. Yeah. Tiny, are you, are you the same? Do you want to state your, I, I will probably agree with almost everything you guys say, but I still liked the movie. The reason is because I think, and this is just my opinion. I have not seen all of the Superman films. Um, Mm -hmm. I can't even remember the Christopher Reeves ones that well, but, uh, I think this is the first time that the true absolute, power of Kryptonians, I guess you'd call them, the beings mm-hmm. from Krypton, this is the first time that their absolute, just unflinching power has been demonstrated well in action scenes. Um, specifically when the female, uh, who was kind of like the the right-hand person for uh, General Zod, I don't remember her name exactly, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. when she was fighting the human soldiers... It was just absolutely no contest whatsoever. She was just barely punching them, and they were dying. Um, yeah. And, and also when they would fight each other, uh, specifically that, like, three-way fight between uh, Kal-El and then that girl and one of the other Kryptonians in, like, the, mm-hmm. the Smallville, like, Main Street Smallville where they're fighting for the first time. That part, mm-hmm. I just thought was so cool. I, just, I, I, just, I loved the action so much that I couldn't not like the movie. That's kind of how I felt about it. But a lot of the details you, you brought up, I, I agree with 100%. I'll give you um, the portrayal of the power. And yeah. I'll give you that the action seemed, while fantastical, believable. Mm-hmm. Um, but there, to me, there was nothing less compelling in the movie <laughs> really? than the action scenes. I Particularly agree. punch, fly, punch, repeat punch fly punch with so much destruction that there's there's no suspense yeah that that was the one caveat i would throw in with the action was especially in uh, one fight scene in particular between zod and kal-el whether where they're fighting they're essentially they spent a lot of time just throwing each other into buildings and stuff like that <laughs> and clearly they're not even doing any damage to each other it was just like it was like superfluous destruction that didn't exactly. do or mean anything. The only time that they actually affected one another is when they punched each other with their fists because just, right. there's just nothing on Earth that can truly cause them harm because they're not from this planet. So I, I'll, I'll give you that in those those battles. So 
I agree with that, but I, I don't know. I still just thought it was really cool. I, I really liked it, especially the way it was shot. So, Matt? Well, uh, as far as the Main Street Smallville thing, I like, and this wasn't like anything that, that bothered me specifically while I was watching it. Just now that I'm thinking about it, I'm kind of thinking about it. That Now that I'm thinking about it, I'm kind of thinking about it, guys. <laughs> um, but... So where do you stand on thinking about it? Are you thinking about it? Or? I'm thinking about how much it reminded me of the big fight scene in Thor. Oh, totally. I can see yeah. that. Okay. Yeah. And Absolutely. I mean, I, out of the out of the Marvel movies, Thor is one of my least favorites of just of them because I mean, Iron Man. Yeah, mine too. Was great, and I think I don't know. I go back and forth between Thor and Captain America, but like it's a good indicator of the rest of. Man of Steel is that it felt like just a retread of I mean it's where to begin I mean Mike you touched on the flash forwards and flashbacks the nonlinear storytelling of Clark Kent's mm-hmm. backstory or what mm-hmm. have you um, and I just thought that that was just so unnecessary to have it nonlinear I just thought well I can buy I'm okay with nonlinear if they're wow moments yeah if mm-hmm. if they make right. me gasp if they make me say oh that is so cool. That that's how he learned that he's strong. That is so cool that that's how he learned this this moral compass. Yep. Right, right. But there's none of that. But he doesn't learn anything. It's just examples of him using his power, and and it's not like he's learning it. It's like, oh hey, this this bus is about to is about to right. drown all these kids. Better save them. <laughs> it's and, a wonder uh, how Clark became the hero he is if if Pa Kent urged so strongly not to out himself. Yeah, hmm. and so much another, that it kills him. Yeah, that's another thing. And I, we're going to go spoilers here because it's too oh, we have old. to There's yeah, no way. full yeah. on spoilers. Jonathan Kent's death scene. Now that was one of my biggest biggest problems with the movie because so unbelievable it's tough to watch. <laughs> yeah, it's it's okay. I wrote this in my review that uh, I posted this week that basically okay the scene before it he's arguing with with Clark. In the truck, and they're saying like, "Oh yeah, I, I'm a farmer. You, that's how we make money, or that's how we survive, or whatever. We don't need whatever, whatever." Mm-hmm. And then in the next scene, he's sacrificing himself. So basically, I don't like it's it's explained away as as Jonathan is basically sacrificing himself for the greater good of the world because the world's not ready for Clark's secret. But all I see is he's he's abandoning his teenage son and his his wife. To tend the farm and to do all the, like, uh, whatever financial burdens he's leaving behind. Because the way it's set up is that Clark, all Clark had to do was run to him and run back. And <laughs> yeah. Or or even further, this could have been the flashback, this might be a stretch, where we learn how Clark, for the first time, had to do the old Superman cliche, I gotta go over here to take a look at the bushes, I'll be back. And then yeah. go save Pa Kent, take him elsewhere, show up to the side because he's faster than anybody can see, uh, and yeah. say, "Hey guys, what did I yeah. miss?" He could have done like, um, like, like Dash in The Incredibles. He could have just he could have just toned it down a little bit and just ran a little fast. Because if you think about it, all those bystanders that are underneath the overpass, they're they're under an extraordinary amount of stress, or they're 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 pumping full of adrenaline, and it's right. like. They're not going to – if anyone was like, oh, yeah, he was faster than a speeding bullet and he grabbed his father and ran away, people are going to be like, okay, well, this is – you were yeah. looking at a huge-ass tornado. In a tornado. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, you're yeah. probably hallucinating a little bit. That's a good point. 
And yeah. I and two two actually both of your points about the flashback stuff and all that. Uh, I agree with all that pretty well. And I I hope I'm not. I know Matt Matt and I kind of talked about this a little bit after we watched it, but I hope I'm not stealing your thunder. But I think the I think the kind of the backstory or the the first act really the setup of the character. I think it needed a better action scene than just the um not necessarily action scene but development scene like where he saves the bus or Mm -hmm. even when he Mm -hmm. prevents the oil Derek from you know collapsing i think it would have been really cool to have a scene in there where he basically would get into a fight with a group of you know just regular humans and he would end up killing one or two of them because i know that at least i'm pretty sure that in the comics it's a a very it's it's emphasized that superman does not kill people he it's like he's Does, sort of like batman absolutely. in that sense he doesn't right. kill people and i think it would have been cool for there to be a backstory to that and it, it is alluded to at the end um when spoiler alert when he kills zod but i think yeah. it would have been better to have that earlier in his development and that would have added mm-hmm. to his whole his whole decision where um he decided to this is later in the movie, but where he decided to, you know, side with the humans instead of the Kryptonians that came to Earth. Mm-hmm. He, he decided to defend the humans. I think it would have been, you know, there's a part where he goes and talks to his priest and stuff like that. I think that would have been yeah. a lot more compelling if he had had that, that in his background where he had accidentally sort of killed someone in a fight. I think that would have added to totally. the movie and the character overall. That's just yeah, a little I didn't... two cents. I, I, I get you. I totally didn't feel the struggle yes. between the humans and the Kryptonians Absolutely. At all. Yeah. It was not there at all. No. Um, you know, and I, I mentioned this to Tiny after the movie that I a few years ago, I, uh, I was in the habit of downloading movie scripts and reading them on my Kindle. And uh-huh. uh, I, read, I read an early draft of Batman Begins. And uh, this is before, I believe it was before Nolan left his mark on it. Because the draft was just credited with being David S. Goyer's, which uh, Goyer is an interesting guy. He, his resume, like if you look at it, he wrote and directed um, the the Unborn. Ooh, yeah. Oh, is that um, real? Yeah, that's something movie. like where there's a, a twin is born. It's so, like I don't know something. I I haven't seen it. My only thing that. The only, the only thing I know about it is that there was a review of it that um, this guy basically, instead of talking about the movie, just used the entire review to describe uh, Odette Yusman's butt. Um, <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. there was just nothing else in the movie for him to latch on to. It's <laughs> awesome. But in, in addition to that, he also wrote uh, Jumper, the Hayden Christensen movie. Oh, man. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And then he, uh, he also – he was also the uh, – showrunner uh, what have you a producer of uh flash forward which uh-huh. i still say is just one of the most disappointing tv shows um ever like they could have had they could have been the next lost but they just squandered it and, a lot of potential for that show and they just yeah, yeah they screwed uh-huh. it up oh yeah uh-huh. so so i like i didn't even know that he was writing this i just figured that it was I figured he had a hand in it, but I figured that since uh, Christopher Nolan was kind of uh, dipping his hand in it as well, that maybe he maybe it would be okay. But once the once the credits rolled, I was just I had this moment where it was like 
I don't I don't get it. I, why didn't I like this movie? Why wasn't this movie good? Um, and then I you're just talking saw, about Superman again. Yeah, I'm talking about Man of Steel. Okay. Um, why wasn't this movie good? And it was like as soon as it just shot up with written by David S. Goyer, I was like, there. That's why. Okay. <laughs> um, and like I just felt like there was no like the like the non nonlinear storytelling of the backstory just made it so that you couldn't latch onto the character. You couldn't. You couldn't. There was that. There's the progression of a protagonist going from just ordinary guy realizing he has powers to discover to uh, like uh, developing the powers and going right. to fight the bad guy. It's a, it's a tried and true formula. And if they were going to go formulaic, go formulaic with that, and maybe it would be compelling. But that having it nonlinear just deprived us of being. Of being able to just ride ride along with him on his journey, we didn't get to see it happen. And more so, I don't feel like the flashbacks. If if you were to like cut those scenes and make them linear yourself, you don't see a growth. You don't. There is no growth. Like right. uh, like that scene. Okay, when he when he starts to fly, like when he mm-hmm. discovers he can fly, or he the first time he flies, mm-hmm. like that's that's another trope of superhero movies that, and I. I like I'm saying, I, I'm not advocating uh, a formulaic storytelling of superhero movies. I'm just saying that mm-hmm. this movie was just so so off the mark that if it were if it were to be more formulaic, maybe I would have latched onto it more as a fun yeah. movie. Um, I will say, while I didn't so much appreciate the wow factor of that scene, mm-hmm. I liked that he jumped a couple times in a nod to leaping tall buildings in a single bound, huh. which he didn't do in the comics for. About four or five years. Hmm. Okay, I didn't pick up on that, and I just thought that it was just—I just felt like it was just lazy. Like, oh, hey, he's jumping; he's going to jump a few times, and oh, now he's flying. He's cool. He's yeah. good. Right? No, definitely, definitely a nod to uh, classic comics. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I thought the um, I thought the character was just the, the whole the whole character of Cal El uh, Clark Kent. He was just boring. Just such a forgettable. Oh yeah, such a forgettable mm-hmm. the way he was written and the way that he interacted, everything about like I can't even really remember any of his lines. Like there yeah. was, and I think part of it was I don't know if it was just Henry Cavill's performance or not, but he was just so forgettable. Just nothing, mm-hmm. nothing, no depth to him. No, I don't know. I was just really disappointed with the character. Absolutely, mm-hmm. he looked good. He looked like a Superman. Yeah, he that's did. true. And. I, I liked his performance, like his his acting, his demeanor, the way he handled himself was it was well done, but just the mm-hmm. script wasn't there for him or any of the other characters. Like the strongest, right. the strongest character, uh, script wise was uh, uh, Jor El, mm-hmm. and Russell Crowe played it really well. Yeah. But yeah. other than that, I mean Zod was underused, and yeah. I mean you have Michael yeah. Shannon as General Zod, utilize his his talent. Oh yeah. Um, okay. Okay, Shannon, play angry. Yeah. Now play a little more angry. <laughs> yeah. Now play a little less angry. How about the romance in this movie? How oh. unbelievable. How about why would Zod take Lois on his ship? <laughs> I'll tell you why. Mm-hmm. To make the Clark and Lois kiss at the end plausible. Just to give them a little more screen time together. Because otherwise, why would they bring her on the ship? Yeah. Right. It was – It was. and – Well – if the movie at the end is going to end up at the end with him working at the Daily Planet, this is not the movie for them to meet cute. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's exactly right. And 
Um, Lois, I, I just didn't care. I, Amy Adams was fine, just like I said with Zod and everyone uh-huh. else in the movie. It just she wasn't written well. Um, mm-hmm. Like, okay, when when Zod comes to Earth and he's he issues his ultimatum to the planet, saying like, okay, well I'll destroy the planet if if my if uh, Kal El doesn't reveal himself, and then. Uh, that douchey guy goes on goes on TV, or that noble guy goes on TV because he's saving the saving the human race mm-hmm. pretty much. Um, <laughs> and he's like, "Oh yeah, you know, Lois Lane knows where he is." Um, and then she sees the FBI surrounding her place, and she's like, "I gotta go." And then she she tries to flee. Like, mm-hmm. okay, basically what she's doing is um, this guy saved her life once. The entire planet is under attack by an alien race. And she's going to prevent the government from trying to stop it. Of I mean, huh. just given the way that it played out, it just wasn't. It just didn't make sense. It didn't make thematic sense or logical sense or anything. Yeah, uh, for me. So there's for me there's the problem with the Superman. There's a problem with the movie not being good. Uh, mm-hmm. But then there's the problem with the Superman mythology. Again, not a big Superman fan, but knowledgeable enough. Um, that when he kills Zod is is just such a problem for me. Really, uh, e- even more mm-hmm. even more than than Batman killing somebody. It's just such a problem that Superman would kill. He just he just does wow. not. The the point is that he's got to find a way to get out of this without killing. And then fine, he screams, he cries. It's it's whatever. In the next scene, he's joking. Yeah, with. The, the military <laughs> they, they skimmed over it That's way too much. Way too easily. Yeah, and, and uh, back to your point, um, I think it was Mike who said uh, it, doesn't, it didn't make sense that Amy Adams or Lois Lane's character was on – Lois Lane was on the ship or whatever. Do you mean like the, mm-hmm. the plane and like the last, the last like fight when they were trying to destroy the Kryptonians? No, that, that I was okay with the, when, when Zod took her on their ship. Oh, yeah. okay, okay, okay. Yeah, I gotcha, gotcha, yeah. Good call. Yeah, I, I misunderstood. Okay, I misunderstood what you're talking about. Yeah, right. Um, and I just like it's funny that you say that, Mike, about about him killing Zod like that because I thought, I thought, well, at least it was pretty pretty cool to see a superhero snap a villain's neck. I thought that was, <laughs> mm-hmm. I thought it was, I thought it was pretty well handled. But I get what you're saying. My problem with that scene though is that Zod is using his heat vision and it's like he's trying to get it uh, to kill those people. And they're just standing there in fear. And I mean... <laughs> it reminded me of, like, it reminded me of, like, a James Bond villain. Like, <laughs> I'm going to put you on the slow-moving conveyor belt and, oh, yeah. you're going to find a way out. It's, yeah. It reminded me of that. Uh, or like in Austin Powers when when he's riding the steamroller. <laughs> and the exactly. guy's standing there screaming. <laughs> That's exactly, exactly what way. it was like. And the guy's, no! Um, <laughs> I, uh, another... Just a quick issue I had. Um, I thought that I liked the part where um, Kal El Superman was on the Kryptonian ship, and they were. He had the reaction to the new environment or whatever, and he passed out. And so then mm-hmm. Zod kind of like entered his mind or whatever to sort of have a conversation with him. I thought that his Superman's like diplomatic efforts I guess you could call them in that scene were just absolutely pitiful like mm-hmm. I think he just mm-hmm. he didn't try to prevent conflict he he basically just what what he could have done 
is he kind of he could have pulled like a Doctor Who where he could have said, okay, I'll help you look for another planet that is inhabitable for Krypton life, and I'll go with you, and I will give you the codex information from my DNA, and you can repopulate the yeah. Kryptonian race. But yeah. He, yeah. he he didn't do that, or he could have. I mean, he could have emphasized, uh, you know, the crypt. He he should have he should have illustrated more clearly his his own adaptation to Earth's atmosphere and how it's been beneficial to him. And so it could have influenced Zod to, like, share the planet with humans. Now, obviously, Zod would have turned these down. I'm not saying that Zod would have accepted him because it would have just screwed up the whole movie. There has to be conflict. I'm just saying that... The onus is on Superman to to offer some alternative. Exactly. Before coming to blows right yeah right and uh yeah, speaking of coming Fully. to blows the uh, like by the time i the only time where i felt like cheering in the movie was when superman flew and and grabbed uh zod and was it was flying him through the cornfields and beating him and everything because i was like finally there's some action because like, <laughs> like the, the setup and everything was like an hour and a half of exposition that was mm-hmm. non-linear and just you couldn't connect with it I was just finally happy when it did that. But even then, after seeing um, uh, uh, Pacific Rim, just the special effects were just—they just didn't—they weren't—they weren't good for me. Like I—I I yeah. mean, there wasn't anything inherently wrong with them. It was just like you don't have that emotional hook in the story. So if you're just looking at the pictures on the screen, it's just same as any other action movie these days. And there's even yeah. like a. Uh, there's a moment where uh, Lawrence Fishburne, in in my review, I refer to them as uh, superfluous characters number one and number two. <laughs> totally, um, totally fan service. If you if you don't yeah. know who Perry White and Jimmy Olsen are because of the comics, yeah, these people are pointless. Yeah, wow. was, the fact that they survive is pointless. <laughs> was was Michael Kelly supposed to be Jimmy Olsen? He wasn't Jimmy Olsen. Wasn't he Jimmy Olsen? No, he was someone he, else because I, I read guess in he was the trivia else. that Jimmy Olsen wasn't in the movie. All right. Well, Perry White. Hmm. Yeah. Um, but there's a moment where, where Lawrence Fishburne is, is – they're running from a building that's toppling over. And, hmm. like, there, it's just a brief, like, maybe three, three to five-second shot where the building is falling down behind them and they're running. And it just looks so awkward and – just really bad um, special effects. It was like it was like there was a problem when they superimposed the actors on onto the green screen. Like it wasn't it wasn't done right, and it, they were mm-hmm. just like, "Well, it's only three to five seconds. Only nerds would uh, pick uh, it up on it." Yeah. See, I didn't um, only poop. I didn't paying attention. Yeah, care. I didn't catch that at all. I, I I disagree with you on that. I thought the special effects were pretty good. I I enjoyed them, especially the uh, the whole. The whole uh, opening Krypton scene, all those effects were pretty good. When that like, was, I loved when like the part where Jor El like jumps off that ledge and is like mm-hmm. free falling. That was a really cool, especially in IMAX 3D, like we were watching it. Yeah, that was my mm-hmm. favorite part of the movie. Him, like him, <laughs> the whole opening Krypton scene. Uh, that was just my favorite part, and really, it okay. was all downhill from there for me. Mine was the oil rig. Oh scene. yeah, that's. Mm-hmm. A I like that a lot. I thought that was an interesting scene. That was cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. I had a quick, um, a quick question. Sorry, uh, a quick point to make or question. Okay, the there's that that other Kryptonian ship that was, um, buried in the ice. I, did they say where it was? Was it Antarctica or Alaska or something? where was it? Do you do you, did they say? I think Alaska. Okay. Anyways, yeah, I, I want to so. say Alaska. Okay. 
probably because it was American military there. But uh, and to, to add to that or emphasize that, it was just really stupid that someone, you know, Clark Kent could use a fake identity to get a job working with at a secret site <laughs> with the United States military. Yeah. That was just retarded. Right. But, but also, right. that ship had that, that was in the ice, it had all of the... I guess you would call them Kryptonian, like, fetuses, essentially, that were, like, yeah. just waiting for the DNA. Mm-hmm. Did they ever, like, allude to why those were on Earth or, like, why why those were on Earth specifically and not some other planet or how, they, how, how they got off of Krypton in the first place? Yeah, I have no idea. No, not that I can um, think of. Okay, that bothered me. And then also, uh, just quickly, why... <laughs> In the final, the final conflict in Metropolis, where they were trying to terraform Earth with the Kryptonian ship, which I thought was kind of cool, but why, in God's name, did Zod bring that ship with all of the fetuses to that fight? Like he he wrote it in there. Like it was it was a ba- why would yeah. it's like I don't know. It would be like having a it would be like driving a school bus full of kids into Fallujah, yeah. Iraq. You know, it doesn't yeah. make any yeah. sense to me. Let's like, leave why? this in Australia, and then I'll take care of the gravity thing. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> exactly. That's that was my point. Like, uh, and yeah, it, it, I, I thought it, it added some cool conflict, especially that was actually some decent dialogue where Cal L Superman said Krypton had its chance, and he destroys the ship. That was kind of cool, but mm-hmm. it was still just just you know, semantically stupid for that ship to even be there. Yeah. yeah. And I, I want to say real quick about, about three, three points. First of all, first of all, yeah, Superman is a Christ character. He's, he's a Christ, like uh, that archetype or whatever. Mm-hmm. And there's like a shot where he's, where he's leaving the, he's flying out of the spaceship to go back to earth to save the day. And he has that like, and he has his arms or up or whatever. It's just really, yep. It's really just, uh, just really lazy. Because and mm-hmm. and like when I watched it, I was like, okay, we get it. Yeah, he's a Christ character, and uh, it just reminded me of in the Matrix Revolutions when uh, Neo is is like going to the machines or whatever, and he's being he's being carried there, and he's he has the crucifix that like pose or whatever, and I'm just like. Like I, I'm like I never want to be reminded of Matrix Revolutions, so <laughs> uh, bad call on Man of Steel, but I just. Yeah. I, I didn't like that, and then also the uh, the climax of the movie, the the whole the heroes their their plan of starting the singularity or uh, uh, creating a singularity to shoot all the Kryptonians out of out of the planet or whatever. I'm like, okay, first mm-hmm. of all, they <laughs> they have a hiccup in the plan that is literally fixed by just moving something over a little bit and then putting it into place. <laughs> like that's literally the solution mm-hmm. to that problem. And it's so, mm-hmm. so forced and just crappy. Wow. Yeah. And then just the idea of them like creating a singularity in earth's atmosphere to get rid of the Kryptonians. That sounds like, that sounds like an even more dangerous idea than what Zod was doing in the first place. Um, yeah, a lot of that th- climax was was just words for action. For yeah, me. Exactly. I mean it was exactly right. Um, so yeah, some of the lo- some of the lines were crappy. I mean, they were just blatantly oh, cheesy. Like especially the climax where uh, Superman and Zod are fighting. I think I don't remember verbatim what he says, but Zod says 
this ends one of two ways. Either I'm dead or you're dead. And like, mm-hmm. I was, I was just like, uh, yeah, yeah, we, we know that's pretty yeah. obvious, dude. I seriously exactly. almost laughed out loud in that moment. And I almost yeah. nudged your arm. Like, are you, are you watching this dude? Seriously? Cause yeah. <laughs> and then tiny wakes up. What? No, I wasn't <laughs> like, I think the line was literally, I think it was, this ends one of two ways. Either you die or I die. I'm like, Duh. I, I okay. I yeah. mean, yeah. Was cool. that not clear to anybody else? Yeah. <laughs> right. Just so we're clear. It's like it's yeah. like going back to the middle of the movie or the start of the movie and having uh like having uh having Zack Snyder appear on screen saying this this movie ends with Superman fighting Zod. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, okay. Tiny, you didn't like it. You liked it a little bit, but didn't love it. Right. Uh Matt, you didn't like it. I I didn't and hated it or uh, didn't like it. Yeah, and one okay. final thing about it, I just want to say. Go ahead. Did you guys feel like there was just a complete lack of comic relief, like whatever yes. comedy? Yes. Whatever oh, I comedy, said that in the beginning. Soulless yeah, and yeah. moody. Oh yeah, for, like for no like, reason. Whatever little little tiny bits of comedy were in it were just forced, and it was just like it was as if they had gotten a note halfway through, and and they were like the like the studio was like, yeah, you need to punch up the script, make it a little. Uh, funnier and then they just assigned like an assistant or whatever being like hey add jokes <laughs> yeah. um, especially the part uh, where i'm sorry and the uh that that first like three-way fight that said in smallville where they end up like that the female kryptonian and and kal-el end up in the ihop where that kid that he saved from childhood like as a manager or whatever and he just glances oh, yeah. at him they they totally dropped that opportunity he should have been like hey josh or whatever yeah that'd have been hilarious yeah. Whatever his name is, yeah. I don't remember. Uh, I like Josh. Josh works. Yeah. <laughs> so can we move on to another topic? We can. Please. So we didn't like it. None of us liked it. However, at Comic-Con on, I think it was Sunday, might have been mm-hmm. Saturday, uh, Zack Snyder himself announced that the next Superman movie would have Batman in it. I your cannot thoughts. wait to pick your brain about this, Mike. Yeah. <laughs> Let's I don't care. I don't. Yeah. I can't care about it. Mm-hmm. And it's a shame. I guess I'm. I'm trying to disconnect myself from the Nolan Dark Knight trilogy. Mm-hmm. Okay, and just and just be glad that that's over. <laughs> I love it. I, I don't mean that. I but be glad that there won't be more of that in the same world as the Man of Steel world. Right. That would devastate me. Right. Um, they wouldn't complement each other very well. Not at all. No. And my they're problem, trying. That's what they yeah. want it to be. Yeah. yeah. Right. That's what this Man of Steel was. Was the was the Dark Knight version yeah. of of Superman. Even That's down what they want to, to happen. Even down to um, not having an opening, an opening like lo- only like opening the movie with the logos of the company and then ending it with just Man of Steel. Like that's classic uh, Nolan. Yeah. Right uh-huh. there. Um, but as far as Batman and Superman are concerned in uh, Man of Steel 2 or whatever, I just I, – like I haven't read any of the comics because I, I, I just – I'm not into comics the way other people are. Not to, uh-huh. not, nothing wrong with them. I just don't want my life to be consumed by it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, like I don't know how they do it in the comics, but it just seems like such a lopsided thing. Like I mean Batman doesn't have any superpowers. Superman is uh, indestructible, which was one of the problems I have with him as a character anyways. He's anyway, he's too right. godlike. He's un, he's un, unstoppable. Right. Um Well, um yeah. to 
to talk about that, one of his greatest struggles is because he's so godlike and he he often fights godlike figures. This is kind of a critique on Man of Steel, the movie again, because mm-hmm. he fights other godlike creatures and beings. Uh, is that the big struggle for him is civilian casualty. Now, if we talk about the climax of Man of Steel, how many thousands of people do you think died in Metropolis I was while they were that. throwing each other right. through buildings? Um, Holy crap. All those buildings. There's no way they got those buildings evacuated. Even no buildings way. that he – like, I mean, when he was flying around with Zod, <laughs> he damaged the structural integrity of several buildings. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, um, but anyway – to your to your point about how how they will go, I I I feel like your critique about the the mismatch is that they'll they'll go up against each other. I don't think that's the case. I think I think, I think they've it's said a, that uh, it's going to be it's going to be they're going to be duking it out. Really? They're going to duke it out. Yep. Okay. That's what I've well, said. then that leads me to um, Frank Miller's The Dark Knight Returns. Are you guys familiar with it at all? No, but they did say that they're going to draw inspiration from that specifically. Um, okay. Well, they they have to. Yeah, uh, because that's the only that's the only way. However, of course, the Dark Knight Returns is is a Batman book. Right. Uh, I read this takes one, place in the future. I'm sorry. Um, I Go just want to say real quick. I I read this one review where it was like, or this one blog post about it, where the the guy was like, he's a huge Superman fan, and it feels like it was just the, a complete disservice to Superman fans that they would announce the sequel to Man of Steel. Which had it, the movie had its problems and everything, but they announced the they announced mm-hmm. the sequel to Man of Steel by introducing Batman basically take they're going to need to take away from the mm-hmm. from Superman in that movie to to develop Batman in in the movie right, since it's not right. going to be connected to any other movies but um and then also that it was just like it was just insulting to Superman fans that they would introduce Batman use use a Batman book from as the source material for it and even like I think even in they even quoted like a Batman and they even quoted Batman in uh-huh. the announcement um, mm-hmm. So it's just a big slap in the face to Superman fans. It is, yeah, and I and I can agree with that. They're gonna hi- um, they're gonna hijack this latest Superman iteration to springboard the newest Batman franchise, which is just terrible, really. Yeah, it is terrible, so, but that's difficult because if they're go if they're calling, it depends on how much they use the Dark Knight Returns as source material in this book, Batman. And Superman, Superman doesn't age much, but Batman is old, old, old. Like, Hmm. back from retirement, uh, Dick Grayson is long gone, and Carrie Kelly, who is a young girl in the future, 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 is his Robin, uh, and he has to take down... Uh, some gangs in Gotham, and then and then Superman comes along, and he and he builds a suit to take on Superman. It's so it it works in a comic, and the writing is good, and and it's um, it came out at a time when the when Batman needed to be gritty again, mm-hmm. but it it does not do service to Superman. It won't be a Superman movie if their if their primary source material is is the Dark Knight Returns. So I don't know how they're mm-hmm. gonna duke it out. Interesting. I don't know what the story will be. Also, what does that mean for a Justice League movie? That that was my next question. Yeah, I don't know. And that I don't know the answer to. Yeah, I I don't know. It um, it's it's um, it feels like DC is just struggling. DC and Warner Brothers are just struggling to kind of catch up to Marvel, and that they're just throwing this out there as like, okay, Man of Steel didn't do the numbers that they we we hope that it would. So let's Mm -hmm. introduce Batman. Into mm-hmm. it because Batman sold like made us billions of dollars. Let's just completely mm-hmm. ignore the fact that that's due to Nolan's work on it. 
Right. Um, Actually, a, you know, Man of Steel compelling... had great numbers. Well, yeah, it did have great numbers, but I think that it, it was, had good numbers, but it didn't have in, Dark Knight. Numbers. Exactly, they were expecting a billion dollars out of it. Like I read in that mm-hmm. in that blog post I mentioned, which I, I'll throw a link to it, and the notes are on the All blog, right. um, so you guys can see it. But um, basically, the the numbers that they were expecting, like they. The movie made its money back in advertising or in uh, in promotions or whatever, but they were ex- mm-hmm. they were anticipating a billion dollars. They were exp- they were they were anticipating man- or, uh, Dark Knight numbers. Oh, I see. Okay, right. I was and gonna say just, it cracked like seven hundred million. So yeah, worldwide, yeah. anyways. It did. It right. did just fine. Yeah. 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 Um, but uh, interesting. But they're wanting those billion thing. dollars. Uh, so they want what? So what do they want to do? I I I feel like. I don't know because they don't know their game plan. Yeah, I feel because like they're just if, if you want to do their justice, they want to do their answer to the Avengers, right? Yeah. They yeah. want to do their Justice League movie, um, and but they can't now. If you can't establish that these two characters know each other in a in a in a sense that they're allies, and then pit them against each other. Like you can't hmm. you can't pit them against each other first, right? Okay. right? So if if they fight and then go to the Justice League, I, I feel like what would be a compelling Batman and Superman battle would be that these two friends who have served in the Justice League together for a while are at odds that are are fighting. That'd be that's good. compelling. That'd, that's be, that'd be better probably. I would prefer them to do that. Like I would prefer them to have have Justice League do all that reboot Batman. Um, and do all that, and then have Batman versus Superman after Justice mm-hmm. League. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Um, uh, it definitely puts to bed all the uh, um, the rumors after the Dark Knight Rises, which we talked about at yeah. length last year. Yeah, is it going to be Nightwing? <laughs> right. Which I wouldn't uh, mind seeing Joseph Gordon-Levitt as, as oh, a Batman kind of character. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Actually. My question to Mike was: Are are, are you like pretty familiar with Justice League, like from the comics, the source material? Yeah, for the most part. I mean, I okay can answer questions. Well, what I was wondering um, is: Do you using that knowledge you have? Do you think it would actually work as a movie, uh, like comparable to the Avengers, the Justice League? Oh man! You know, I feel like. They should do Justice League first. This really? can, this can get into a whole different discussion of when you see a comic book movie, do you want it to reflect uh, comic books of the past and the legends and the mythology that we know, or do you want it to reflect comic books now? I mean, because if you made a Spider-Man movie about the comic books now, Spider-Man would have to be Dr. Octopus. Uh, Robin would be dead who would be his son who just died. You know what I mean? Yeah. So if you went with now, then you would go kind of with the new 52, which is the relaunch they did about two years ago. Hmm. In that, um, the Justice League started with the discovery of Superman. So I feel like you do a Superman movie, you do a Justice League movie, and then you go on. I I feel like it could work in the way that... uh, that the Avengers movies movie worked, um, but just not as effectively. Hmm. Okay. That's kind of what I've heard, uh, you know, buzz wise, cause I'm not familiar with the justice league at all, except 
from what I've heard. And I've heard a lot of people say that it's probably, it's just not as, it's not as conducive to film as the Avengers is. The characters aren't just aren't as great with the exception of Batman and Superman. Yeah. They're, they're almost kind of too stacked and you can, you know, that gets into a debate about powers and, yeah. But like what yeah. the you know what I think kind it's of villains they would use and, I think it's interesting you know. Mike you bring up the you have to think about like what kind what what era of comics you want to adapt for it and all that all yep. those factors when it's funny because you've got to know that at Warner Brothers and uh, at Warner Brothers they are not even remotely thinking of these things they're they're just they're in it for the business they're like okay well Marvel made billions of dollars with the Avengers let's do that right. well. Warner Brothers, maybe not, um, but I, th- I think that they might be thinking of these things because it's really? all it's all kind of meshed together. Okay. Um, hmm. War- Warner Brothers owns the rights to the characters and movies, but Disney owns Marvel, and I'm I am certain that Disney is concerned about things that are happening in comics now. I think what you want from a from a perfect comic book movie is for them to touch on on the familiar things um the familiar moments, the familiar scenes, but but give something all new, i.e. the Dark Knight trilogy. Hmm. Okay, yeah. You kind know? of make it their and, own. And so yeah. my question is if they made it their own Justice League, what would it be about? How do you have Batman and Superman duking it out, and then they form the Justice League at the end? That'd be pretty much the only way you could do it. I think. I mean, they, they, they'd reconcile and all that, but right. <laughs> I, I get in this image in my head of like, um, the end scene. So the end scene of Batman and Superman post credits, right? <laughs> and they go into this room, kind of like when they discovered the Tesseract, mm-hmm. and and they're in there and like. Batman can't see what's there, and Superman is like, are you kidding? You can't see it? And Batman's like, no, Clark, I can't see it. And Superman's like, it's an invisible airplane. <laughs> Done. <laughs> wow. If, if you I don't, if, uh, listeners, if you don't know, Wonder Woman rides an invisible airplane. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know. Um, I, I, feel, I feel like it could work because I think if you look at the Avengers – Granted, it wasn't its own film, or th- this this conflict wasn't its own film. But in the Avengers movie, you know, Iron Man, Thor, and Captain America all have pretty. They pretty much don't like each other from the get go. But through mm-hmm. through working together against a common enemy, they mm-hmm. you know learn to work together. And they're not necessarily best buddies by the end, but they're they work together. And I think. Uh, if if they do it right with the second sup- the second Superman film, I think they could it could launch well for a Justice League movie. And I think that's isn't that what they said about this is that it's it's going to be a Superman sequel. They're just going to have the Batman character in there, and they're going to conflict a little bit. It's not an actual Batman versus Superman movie, is it? Gotcha. Well, okay. that's the thing that they, I don't they, know. Yeah, they they said. They said it's going to be a Superman sequel with Batman, but then uh, right. David S. Goyer said, he said, like, the title's either going to be Batman versus Superman or Superman versus Batman. Okay, well, that's mm-hmm. retarded then. Yeah. Huh. That's that's amazing. You know, they haven't even started writing it, so whatever. True. Yeah, they're deep you in pre-production, pre-production, though, because I think it's supposed to start filming in January, which is even more, makes me even more 
hesitant to even be on board with it because I mean that much work in that short amount of time is just mm-hmm. gonna be uninspired. And mm-hmm. you're coming off of a movie that was just really uninspired in itself. So true. Yeah. I don't know. I'm gonna stick with Marvel and the Avengers because it was good and they have Joss Whedon. <laughs> it is good, but if we talk about the DC movie canon versus the Marvel movie canon, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, just the Dark Knight movies right. are fantastic. Of course, um, the like the standalone movies are better. You, I, early on in the podcast, you mentioned Thor and Captain America, which, uh-huh. and I am I'm Marvel guy all the way. I don't like all that much. Yeah, they the here. Thor and Captain America movies. I think with me, I like them more each time I watch them. But I think it was just at at the time, I was just ready for the Avengers because I've been waiting years for the Avengers to come out. So I was just mm-hmm. that was just what I wanted, and I was just kind of bored. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah, uh, Avengers is great. I, I will say I liked I liked Man of Steel better than uh, Thor and Captain America. But oh, I wow. didn't – it obviously wasn't as good as, you know, Batman Begins or it wasn't right. It wasn't better than Iron Man. Uh, but I, I, I genuinely – I thought it was actually better than Captain America, especially Captain America. I did not care for that movie whatsoever. <laughs> yeah. So but so, that's, just how, that's how I felt about it. So you thought that Man of Steel was better than Thor walking into uh, a pet shop and saying, I require a horse. <laughs> yeah, give me something large enough to ride. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that. Classic We're scene. getting into some details there, but overall, yeah, I yeah, thought yeah. I, I actually enjoyed Man of Steel more than Thor. I can get on board with that, um, yeah. Mike. I wanted to because we're kind of running short on time a little bit here. I wanted Sorry. to pick your brain about the announcement of uh, the Avengers. Of the 2 Avengers Two title. <laughs> I was going there next. Yes, Age of Ultron. Yes, and that goes along with what I said earlier. Uh, and I think I had in my notes to make a point about current comics versus uh, that. Okay. I, First of I all, think I that's just, what I had. I, I just want to say that, I, like me and Tiny, we we know nothing about Ultron, or we know nothing okay. about the comics. Nothing. So I, like okay. the way you you describing, like I want to ask you, like what what Ultron is or who, and then your your description is going to be okay. the basis of my expectations for this movie. So <laughs> no sure. pressure at all. Yeah. So go nuts. Yeah, I know. <laughs> okay. Um, Ultron is a sentient, uh, um, oh, jeez, <laughs> a sentient robot, uh, created by Henry Pym, Ant-Man slash Giant-Man, uh, and the Avengers have fought Ultron consistently over the years. Age of Ultron, the title, comes from a, a comic book series, a, a, a limited run, ten-issue run, um, that just ended about a month ago and went for about two months long. Wow. Okay. Um, it, so it's one of those things where I ask, is it more important for them to be current? That is, that is totally Disney saying we're really keen on the Marvel Now stuff. Marvel Now is the new is, – is Marvel's answer to the, um, new, the 52. Uh, new 52. That is Disney saying let's, let's create this familiarity here. And see and see what happens. Okay. The problem with Age of Ultron is that the main characters are Wolverine and Sue Storm. Of oh. course, uh, Disney does not own the rights to Fantastic Four, and Disney does not own the rights to 
uh, X-Men characters, specifically Wolverine. So Hmm. what kind of movie are we going to get? I don't know. Interesting. I have no idea. Age of Ultron, uh, basically, uh, the the book starts with Ultron taking over the world, and and it's kind of like Mm -hmm. post-apocalyptic. Ultron has won, and they decide... Wolverine decides to go into the past and kill Hank Pym before he can make Ultron. It was a very underwhelming book. I did not like it at all. Really? And the hmm. um, the response to it has been kind of underwhelming. So, I, to be honest, my first reaction to Age of Ultron was very meh. Huh. We'll see what they do. If it has nothing to do with the book, it, it could be good. Do you, think that the, do you think that the good things about it could be... Could be transposed into the Marvel Cinematic Universe in a in a uh, in a in a in a, light, in a satisfying manner. No. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. S- simply put, no, because the good things about it was Wolverine. Uh, okay. Okay. The uh, okay. what I loved was Wolverine seeing uh, the future as it was without a Hank Pym, and then going back to rectify that. And then, I mean, I could go on a whole critique about the book and right. and, and just how it, it sets up Marvel Comics for new characters in another couple of years. But I don't know how the five or six um, Avengers characters we have now would deal with Ultron. Because we haven't even met Hank Pym yet. Yeah, that's And the good. Ant-Man movie is not uh, – Age of Ultron is scheduled for 2015. Is that correct? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Ant Man is 2016. That's is it not. That was going to be my next point. That uh, that Ant Man was going to kick off Phase Three, I guess, of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So I was right. kind of. I mean, is that going to be like? I don't know. Is he going to be more behind the scenes, and then his story is going to be fleshed out in his own movie? Um, like Maybe. he's just going to be introduced in Avengers Two, or what? Um, Maybe. Yeah. I I'm surprised that uh, Thanos, who was introduced at the end of the first Avengers, right. is not. The main villain. I guess they're using him for Guardians of the Galaxy. And I was going to kind of what I've heard through the grapevine. Um, yeah, is Guardians of the Galaxy is that going to be animated? No. Okay, I thought that for some reason I've been thinking that it, for the last year I've been thinking it's going to be animated. Yeah. No. No. Interesting. Could be. I mean, one of the characters is a raccoon, <laughs> right. and another one is a tree root. <laughs> wow. wow. I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. That does not sound good. I read that uh, James Gunn, who's making it, which I'm on board with that. I know, Mikey, I know you had problems with Super, but um, mm-hmm. I'm on board with James Gunn because I, I think he's he's just an out-there guy who's just kind of he, – he's he's really crazy. So I think he can mm-hmm. – a good indication. Yeah, the crazier the better yeah. for Guardians of the Galaxy, oh, yeah. that's for sure. And I think uh, it's interesting because he's going to that, – that's going to come out in next year. I don't yeah. know. Mm-hmm. Oh. I, that's what I've heard. Well, that's kind of close. Mm. That's what <laughs> I remember off the top of my head. It is cutting it close. Yeah, but I don't know. I mean, we have a year and a half before Avengers 2, so I mean. The rights to these things is is what is really uh, confusing me. It's And it's kind of one of those things, I feel like if kids were watching this movie and they're watching the Avengers and they're like, well, why wasn't Wolverine in the Avengers? He's in the Avengers now. Wouldn't it be cool to see this character? It, it's because they don't have the rights to that character. 
Um, okay. My point is, Iron Man is is kind of a featured player in the Guardians of the Galaxy now. Okay. But we know that they're they're not going to get um, Robert Downey Jr. for that because he's only signed on for Avengers two and three. Oh wow. Hmm. hmm. So to go back and answer your question, what do I know about what they could do for Age of Ultron? Yes. I have no idea. Ugh. My guess is that we will meet Hank Pym. Mm-hmm. Because if they if if Hank Pym is not the creator of Ultron, I I don't know what to say about the movie. But uh-huh. anyway, my guess is we'll meet Hank Pym. Um we'll we'll be introduced to maybe one or two other new Avengers. Um Ultron will be the main villain and and it will simply share the title. Okay. I think they'll I think they'll reject the Wolverine, of course. They'll reject the time travel, um, and he would, and he'll just be the villain. Interesting. Yeah, I, uh, I'll be honest. I have faith in Joss Whedon. I think he'll maybe the source material isn't great, but I think he has. I don't know anything about it, but I think he has the ability to make things that aren't that great incredible. I make no mistake. I think the movie will be fantastic. Okay. I agree with you. I agree. Oh yeah, cool. I have full cool. faith in yeah. Whedon. Um, yeah. Uh, I'm interested to see. I'm interested in seeing him take the title and do something better. Cool. Let me yeah. ask you this, Mike. Um, sure. Is there are there any stories, any Avenger stories from the comic books that you would like to see uh, as as the main plot of Avengers two instead of Age of Ultron? Um, like as if they're paying fan service to the. To the comic fans, like, is there? Say, we're gonna we're gonna take this storyline and film this storyline, and not just borrow a title. Because right. I think an Ultron story could be interesting. Okay, especially especially today in a technological age we live in, mm-hmm. I think it could be really interesting to see what Ultron could do to the world. As far as the story itself, yeah, I don't know. Um, to answer your question about if there's anything I'd like to see, I I would like to see some of the bigger things. But Age of Ultron is a is a Marvel event, not just an Avengers event. Okay. So how are they going to do that without having X Men, without Spider Man? Spider Man is in the Age of Ultron comics. So Avengers mm-hmm. events that I would like to see, I don't know. A- any of them could be good. I'd, I'd also like an original story. Like the first Avengers was not. Um, was was not based on anything in particular. Okay. Right. In fact, I thought that they were going to touch on the invasion of the scrolls. I thought the villains in the movie were were the scrolls, mm-hmm. which um were shapeshifters and that was kind of a big deal in the comics. They were not. Hmm. So, that'd be cool. It would be very cool. Yeah. Hmm. I don't, I clearly given the title Age of Ultron, I don't think they'll go that way with this one. <laughs> um Okay. But yeah, I think it'll be good. I don't think it could possibly be based on the the comic book itself. I think they're just borrowing the name. Okay. Hmm. So. Interesting. Yeah. Awesome. Yep. Uh, you guys have any parting thoughts? I I think we covered a lot a lot of ground here, and uh, I have to get ready for work soon. So. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah. Um, just that I'm excited for Age of Ultron. Um, I'm m- more excited um, to see 
just where the Marvel Universe goes in in Phase 2 and 3. Um, but I am not looking very forward to where the DC Universe is going cinematically. Right. Hmm. I think it'll regress. Okay. okay. All right. Tiny, how about you? What do you think? Um, just, uh, I, I'm looking forward to the second Avengers as well. I thought the first one was just pretty much perfect, which is a big statement, but yeah. I'm looking forward to it as well. Uh, and, you know, Man of Steel, I, I, I still kind of liked it. I, there were a lot of problems with it, but I guess, you know, Zack Snyder just gets me. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, you know, to each their own, but I, uh, yeah, it's, it, it still had a lot of, tr- a lot of problems. So yeah, yeah that's mm-hmm. about it. Tiny, will you be buying Man of Steel on Blu-ray? No. Okay. <laughs> okay. Oh, okay. But I would like to see it again. Yeah. Same here. And maybe I'll like it more the second time around. But in the meantime, I have the Avengers Blu-rays. I have the Dark Knight trilogy. What more do I need? Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, um, the way we usually wrap things up is we like to talk about the things we like coming up, either movie or TV show related. So, um, Mike, how about you start us off? What are you looking forward to? I am looking forward to the 20th Century Fox movie, Wolverine. Ah, Uh, That's coming up. Hmm. Um, I'm actually really excited for it. I hated, hated, hated uh, X-Men Origins Wolverine. I I think everybody hated it. I never even bothered Um, to see it. Oh, really? I think you should. I think you should just just to see how awful. I might see it eventually. Uh, Lee F. Shriver's in it, isn't he? Yeah. He is? Yeah. I like him, so I'll check it out. Um, but I'm I'm looking forward to. I think it's pretty clear that it is an apology for X Men Origins. <laughs> I think that's what I'm looking forward to see seeing the most. It looks compelling. Uh, a, it looks cool. It yeah. does, and it's a sequel to X Men Three. Uh, well, it's not a sequel to, but it's a it's a continuation of the events that happened in X Men Three. Okay. Um, I think, despite the shortcomings of any of the X Men movies, Hugh Jackman as Wolverine is always a strong point. Totally. Um, so just as as a fan of that, I'm I'm looking forward to that. Cool. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Tiny, how about you? What are you looking forward to coming up? Uh, I am actually looking forward to Kick-Ass 2. Uh, if you've seen the Red Band trailer, uh, the latest one, it's been all over YouTube and stuff. I uh, Jim Carrey uh, told me not to watch it, so I... I <laughs> okay. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. I think it looks great, especially... Uh, I'm especially looking forward to Jim Carrey's character. Yeah. Uh, he looks, he's almost unrecognizable in the trailer. Um, Have you guys read the books? I haven't. Me either. No. Crazy, crazy over the top. Wait nice. for it. Nice. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to that quite a bit. Awesome. Awesome. How about you, Matt? Well, as for me, uh, I actually didn't even have anything planned for this, so I'm kind of throwing it out there. But I think, I think this weekend I'm actually going to, do maybe a double feature at the theater just just uh for fun um i'm i'm in between either and i talked about this before but um i'm in between fruitvale station which i know is going to be playing on the north side somewhere and uh a double feature of that and uh the to-do list uh the (laughs) abu plaza i think that'll be funny yeah it looks it looks like it'll be good the cast looks amazing Hmm. something about that um and then, or or I can do uh, Monsters University and Turbo. Oh, that'd be cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I don't know. One, uh, two of those movies I will be seeing this weekend. I'm sure, probably. So, so but cool. I'm looking forward to I'm looking forward to to the to do list because I mean it looks like a fun kind of coming of age indie 
raunchy comedy with I mean this the cast is just is just unreal. It's a stellar cast. Yeah, basically mm-hmm. you have April from Parks and Rec trying to bang Jason Street from Friday Night Lights. So <laughs> that buys my ticket right there. Nice. Yeah. That's hilarious. Yeah. So that's what I'm looking forward to. That's what we're all looking forward to. And I just want to th- thank you guys for listening to the Obsessive Viewer podcast. Uh, you can find me, Matt, on Twitter at Obsessive Viewer. And uh, you can find Tiny at Obsessive Tiny. And Mike, uh, you can find him at I Am Mike White. Um, we like to tweet about movies and TV shows and stuff we, we, we like. So, you know, give us a follow and join our conversations and all that. Um, you can also like the blog on Facebook at uh, The Obsessive Viewer, facebook.com slash The Obsessive Viewer. I like to post, like, like pictures and crap. Um, <laughs> and then you can, uh, you can also check out the blog itself at ObsessiveViewer.com. Uh, it's updated pretty regularly, at least when I have time. Um, and Mike and Tiny both contribute uh, a fair amount. And uh, you can also, you know, give us a review on iTunes. And uh, let us know what you think. Uh, this outro notwithstanding. Um, <laughs> so, all right, guys. Well, this was fun. Um, thanks for listening. Talk to you guys later. Hey, Matt. What's, uh, what'd you want? It sounded pretty urgent. Um, I'm here, Tiny, to tell you about episode eight. What's in episode eight? It's the sitcom initiative.